some praise in his house this morning. Let's give God some praise in his house this morning. It's truly a blessing to be in the house of God this morning. First, I got to give thanks to God for just allowing me to be in his house once more. Um, I ask that you just keep me in prayer. I'm not feeling too well, but as the preacher preached a word this morning, he said, unto him. That is able. So I, I know that he's able. I want to say thanks to my pastor for just allowing me the privilege to come and stand and proclaim the word to my church family, to the ministers, to my my Israel family. <laughs> Have um, some of the people that I went to Israel with and they're here today to support me. Thanks for coming. I appreciate you. <laughs> to my beautiful wife, my my good thing. And uh, I didn't forget. I just want to say to her, happy anniversary. Our anniversary is actually today. That we are... We're celebrating 16 years of marriage. Thanks be to God. I just want to let you know that I, that I love you. And uh, I, can't, I can't say it enough. I can't show you enough. But I love you and I thank God for you. Because as I told you before, that I, you are a great piece of this puzzle. And I'm thankful every day to God for allowing me to share a life with you. So I just, I just want to say thank you. If you have your Bibles... Let's turn to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 39. Genesis 39. And we'll begin reading in verse 1 through to verse 10, I believe.
Here we go. It's up on the screen. And they read thus in our hearing, and Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was in he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in. And, in, and it came to pass, And he left all that he had in Joseph's hands, and he knew not all he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person, and well favored. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast his eye, her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. And he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotheth not what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has in my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither has he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. You may be seated. I promise you that I won't be preaching all of this. I, I really want to, what I'm going to cover pretty much span throughout the, the whole chapter. And a portion of it also comes from chapter 37 where the story of Joseph starts. So I just want to talk to you for a few minutes about this thing that we all have as believers called the anointing. And I just want to say to you this morning that your anointing is attractive. I don't just want to let you know that your anointing is attractive. I want you to let you know that your anointing is very, very attractive. So if you... Don't learn anything else from today. Just know this, that your anointing, the anointing that God has placed on you, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
that is within you, it is attractive. However, I must caution you. Because not only is this a compliment, but it also a warning. We have to understand that the anointing that God placed on us is not only draw the things that are good to us, but it also draws the things that are bad. The, 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 the anointing. There is two sides to this thing. It draws the people who may like you. It draws the people who see something in you. It draws the people who want to be a mentor to you. It draws the people who have been where you are and is willing to encourage you that you may be all that God has called you to be. But it also draws the people that don't mean you no good. You also draw the people that doesn't have your best interests at heart. It draws the haters. It draws the biters. It draws the backstabbers. It draws all type of people. We're talking about the same anointing. So I do, I, I, even though I want to give you a compliment, but I have to warn you. That it's not all peachy when it comes to anointing, when the anointing. And I believe a lot of times we don't preach this enough in our churches. We tell people that they are anointed by God. That God has anointed you. Yes, he has anointed you to carry out a work. But what is it? What are some of the things that comes with being anointed? So we see this in the, in the life of, of Joseph. We see all this conflict. We see all this turmoil that comes with Joseph being anointed. And I want to ask you a question because it can be conflicting. Have you ever looked over your life and wonder what in the world is going on with me? I mean, I have dreams. I have visions. I have seen in my spirit the glory and the beauty of them. But everywhere I turn, everything that I do, everything that I say, it seems to bring conflict. And I just can't seem to get to the place that I'm dreaming about, the place that I have envisioned. And everywhere is conflict. Joseph finds himself in this predicament. Where he is anointed and destined to be in the place of his dreams. But there seems to be a conflict everywhere he turns. But he doesn't know that the conflict that he is facing is a part of the process. He doesn't know that the conflict is the vehicle that will take him to where he is destined to be. So my question is, what is the conflict in your life? And how are you responding to these conflicts? How do you view these conflicts? Do you view these conflicts as something that everybody is out to get you? Or do you view this conflict as God 
can't afford to let you be comfortable where you are. Because where you are is not where you are destined to be. And the only way God is going to move you from where you are if he refused to allow you to be comfortable where you are. So we see this story have two contrasting sides that are connected to the same anointing. But his troubles begin in chapter 37 with his own brothers. It started with his own family. Ain't it funny that sometimes the very place that's supposed to be the most comfortable is the place that you find the most conflict? Isn't it funny that sometimes the place that you, you want to feel loved the most is the place where you feel out of place? Isn't it funny that even in the church sometimes where we are to feel that we are loved is the place where we find turmoil? Joseph found himself in this place amongst his own brothers. His own brothers, his own flesh and blood. The Bible says they hated him because of the dreams, because of the vision that Joseph had that he shared with them. Sometimes you just have to be careful who you share what God has been showing you with. Because not everybody is going to agree with you. Not everybody is going to support you. Not everybody is going to encourage you. Some people are going to want to tear you down because they know that sooner or later you're going to have to move on. And they can't come with you where you're going. So you have to be careful who you share your story with. But I want to let you know that the manifestation of your purpose is not the beginning of your anointing. Amen. You see, God doesn't wait until you are ready to fulfill your purpose to anoint you. We see this with Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. He said, Before I form you in your mother's womb, I have already ordained you to be a prophet. We see this with David, that David was anointed king years before he ever became a king. So God doesn't wait until you are ready to fulfill that purpose to anoint you. We see the same thing with Joseph. Joseph was just a boy. Just doing what boys do. Being at home, he was the second to last of the 12 sons. His, his father was shepherd. But he find himself in this turmoil amongst his own. Amongst his own brothers. A place where you should find peace. A place where you should find comfort. 
This is the place where his, his turmoil begin. But God was just using this to put him on the journey that he was supposed to be on. You see, when I, a few years ago, when I was called to preach, there was a dream that I had. And the dream was so strange that I became curious. And I began to, in the dream, I was looking at my knee. And my knee was deformed. There was a, a dent in my knee that are almost like what you would see in a navel fruit orange, where you could stick your finger in the hole. And I'm, while I'm laying there and I'm looking at my knee, all of a sudden, something started to come out of my knee. And the more it comes out, the more normal my knee starts to become. And I remember praying and asking God, I, I don't know what does this mean, but I knew that it meant something. <laughs> but I didn't know what it meant. And in the midst of praying, I heard him say, that which I have been putting in you, it's time for it to come out. But, but, but I say that to say this, when I asked, Lord, what are you talking about? He began to take me back to, to my earlier years growing up in Jamaica. And I began to, he began to show me that even in primary school, all the books I used to rent from the library was books of Bible stories. And I never understood as a young teenage boy who could be in anything at that time. All I was in was the Bible stories. So I, I knew the stories, but I didn't know the spiritual truth behind the stories. So he showed me all the things that he was doing in the, in the backdrop. He showed me the places where I went that I couldn't feel comfortable. He showed me all the things that I tried to get into but just couldn't get into. He showed me all the things that I really wanted to do, that I tried my best to do, but it just never happened. He began to show me that it was the anointing that was protecting me from back then. But when I read the story of Joseph, it took me back again. But this time, it shows me the other side of the coin. Not only did he protect me and didn't allow me to get into stuff that I didn't get into, not only did he have me reading Bible stories without an explanation as to why, I'm reading the stories, but he also showed me how the conflict that I had back then was a part of the process. How the conflict that I faced was all a part of the molding process. 
how the conflict back then was trying to help me, to stop me from being comfortable where I was. You see, there is two sides to this thing. And we really don't talk about, we only talk about one side for the most part. How the anointing will do this. How when God moves upon you, you will do this, you'll be able to do this. But we don't talk about the other side. We don't talk about the turmoil. We don't talk about the dangers. We don't talk about the troubles. We don't talk about the trials that all come because of the, of the anointing. Because God want to do something with you, but you also have an enemy that has peeked into your future. And is trying everything in his power to stop you from getting to where God wants you to be. So there's two sides to this thing. The truth is, for us to get to where God wants us to be, there is a price that we have to pay. There is a sacrifice that we have to make. The problem we often face as a people, is a part of the journey. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And without those problems, we will never move from our current position. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You see, Abraham didn't get to be the father of many nations without a journey. David didn't get to be the man after God's own heart without a journey. But we are a people who wants the blessing, but we don't want no journey. We want everything that God has in store, but we don't want no journey. We want to be blessed. We are blessed and highly favored. We will proclaim that every day, but we don't want no journey. But you cannot have the blessing that God has in store for you without the journey. So you may ask me, what is the journey? The journey is the walking in the spirit by being obedient to the word of God. The journey is taking the yoke of Christ upon you. The journey is refusing to do things your way. The journey is saying it doesn't matter what comes my way. For God I live and for God I die. The journey that when you think you might have the right to do whatever you want to do, you refuse to do it because it violates the word of God. The journey, we need to stay on the journey. Without the journey, we won't get the blessing. We want the journey, we won't get what God has in store. You see, the journey is God's classroom. 
the journey is God's classroom. The journey is where God molds your character. The journey is when God becomes real personal with you. The journey is what say God can trust you with what he has in store for you. The journey. The journey. It doesn't matter who we are. We cannot get what God has for us without the journey. He has anointed us to take that journey. There are conflicts on that journey. But if we trust in God, if we trust in God, if we trust in God with all our hearts, if we refuse to lean on our own understanding, if in all our ways we will acknowledge him, The journey requires your faithfulness. And your, your faithfulness can be circumstantial. We can't afford to be faithful in one area and unfaithful in another area. And the, and the, that's what we do. That's what we do. I'll do, I'll do this right. Oh, this is good. I'll do this right here. And, and, but, but the thing is that, that is not our struggle. The, the thing that we are willing to do, that is not our struggle. That is not the one we have problem with. That is not the one that really does anything for us. But the one that we don't want to do, that is the one God wants to deal with. Because that is the part of our molding process. Where we can say no to the things that we really want to do because it go against the word of God. That is where God's want, God want to work with us at. Because that is the issue a hand. It's not about what you don't like. It's, a, it's about the thing you like that is contrary to God that you're struggling with. That is where God wants to work with you at. Because that is where your testimony comes from. That is where you say, I overcome by the blood of the Lamb. I overcame because of the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within me. That is where our testimony comes from. So you can testify and tell me that how faithful you are in this area. But my question is, was that ever a struggle for you? Was that ever a struggle? Tell me about the things that you really liked. Tell me about the things that you really wanted to do. 
and the Holy Spirit of God restrained you. Tell me about how you really wanted to partake, but you listened to the Holy Spirit. Tell me how I can do the same thing that you did. But the thing that is not a struggle, it's not really a testimony. He said we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of your testimony. So perhaps you might be thinking that you have a testimony and you really don't. Because the thing that you want to testify about, it wasn't a struggle. So it's not really a testimony. Testify about what you have overcome, what you could only overcome by the blood of the Lamb. So how do I handle this conflict in our life that arises because of the anointing? You have to keep on being obedient to the word of God. You have to trust in his keeping power. You have to trust in the fact that he who started a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ. You have the trust in the fact that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. You have the trust in the fact that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. You have the trust in the fact that the destination will be worth the journey. You have the trust in the fact that the conflict of your anointing is not for your destruction. Church, your anointing is attractive. Your anointing is attractive. But there is two sides to it. It doesn't just attract good, but it attracts that evil that want to destroy you. fact, the life of Joseph, anointed, anointed, destined to be in Egypt, but the conflict that comes because of this great purpose, see God has placed a great purpose in each and every one of us. But sometimes we see the purpose of the pastor as greater than ours. Sometimes you see the, the, perf, the, the, the purpose of the, of the preacher as being greater than yours. But no. It's, that is just one part of the body. Because the Bible says he gives some teachers, he gives some preachers for the edification of the whole, that the body may be complete. So your job is just as important as his. So as believers, we have to stop thinking so low of ourselves. He said, you are a royal priesthood. He's not just talking about the preacher. He said, you are a holy nation. 
He's not just talking about the pastor. He said you are a peculiar people. You and you and you and you and you and you, all of us. But if you don't leave with anything today, I want you to know that your anointing is attractive. Not only does it attract good, but it also attracts evil. Because evil is always out to destroy anything that God has exalted, anything that God has ordained. 